Hello and welcome to Not a Fire Boot You First, the podcast that takes your favorite uh, properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and it's the 150th episode! Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. So 100 episodes ago, uh, <laughs> me and Lindsay rebooted all of Marvel Comics. And yeah. that was good and fun. Mm-hmm. This time around, if we were to reboot DC Comics, it'd just be a retread because, you know, it's the same issues. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I I would say that DC is slightly better because I know one of the things I said for Marvel was that Marvel doesn't know how to do legacies. And DC, for a while, was pretty good with legacies. And then they just decided to scrub everything back to square one. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're not talking about the comics. Today we're talking specifically about the DC thing that is still kind of floundering, and that is the DC Extended Universe. Yes. And you know, it's funny that the Marvel Cinematic Universe very early on tried to exist beyond the cinema, whereas the DC Extended Universe, which you would expect to be multimedia, is pretty much just the films. The only time there was any kind of connection to uh, the TV shows was when um, the Crisis of Infinite Earth special, Barry accidentally met uh, Ezra Miller's Barry. <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Anyways, DCEU. We're, okay, now I have to, now this is the question I really need to ask you, Lindsay. Yeah. Do we want to do this complete from the ground up square one? We're acting like it's, it's five years from now and we have been tasked with building the DC movies back from the start. Or are we doing revisionist history and we're keeping the parts we like and then just replacing the parts we don't? Part of me really wants to go back in time and produce a good Superman film for 1999. Oh, oh, way back there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that would also change a lot of stuff with Marvel because then they would be the one reacting to what whatever DC was doing. That is full on alternate timeline. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Look, one of these days I am going to make some sort of content where I talk about my big grand theory that Harry Potter is only successful because there wasn't a good Superman film by the late 90s. Yeah. And it makes sense. I I agree with your thesis statement that that you shared with me. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know what? I'll share it right now. So if you had a good Superman film in 1999... Because Harry Potter was so new and untested, and guess what? J.K. Rowling sucks at world building. (laughs) Basically, Harry Potter becomes the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise for Warner Bros. Or Time Warner. Because it makes money in China, basically. Ah. Superhero films haven't really... they're, They're starting to really do well in China. It's just that with DC and Marvel, like they have more of a cultural impact here in North America. Yeah. These are very much American characters. And I think yeah. especially uh, at that turn of the century point, mm-hmm. a lot of people or like if the, the key demographic of young males, their favorite characters, most of them were actually coming out of Japan because they were predominantly video game things. Yeah. And, and the main exception were superheroes, which were pretty much all American made. Yeah. And the thing with DC and Marvel is that these are characters who have been around for a really long time. Like... Again, Harry Potter versus Superman. Superman's been around since the 1930s. Like, 
grandpa taking his grandkids to see Superman, like, yeah, he grew up with Superman. Dad grew up, mom and dad grew up with Superman. Now the kids get Superman versus Harry Potter, who is brand fucking new. Yeah. I'm, and I'm also thinking maybe this wouldn't play into your thing as much, but so if, let's say we get a Superman in 1999, a new yeah. Superman, and then the new Superman 2. It's probably going to come out 2001, 2002. Yeah. And you remember when Spider-Man came out? Yeah. And they added that big American flag shot. Oh, yeah. After, <laughs> after the 9-11. And then you've got Superman, who is truth, justice, and the American way. The big blue Boy Scout. I know they changed it recently so that it wasn't so America-centric, but that was recently. That wasn't 2001. Yeah. Yeah, no. 2001, they would obviously be doing that, given everything. So, yeah, to do a complete uh, alternate <laughs> uh, alternate history might take a while. Yeah, that's that's a full video essay. That's that's the thing that you write out and then you film. And then we just casually subtweet it at Sarah Zed's so that you can become a famous bread tuber. Yeah. <laughs> do I really want to get involved with bread tube? I like some of the people, but the drama seems rather high schoolish. See, I I don't I don't think anyone I don't trust people who go in with the goal of joining the bread tube concept. Like, if I were to become a video essayist, and then I became... I ended up rolling in the same circles as some other video essayist, that would be cool. But I'm not, like, gonna go in there saying, Ah, it's time for me to become a bread tuber. And I think that anyone who does approach it like that, it should be eyed a little cautiously. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, how about we go with the premise of... When did the DCEU really get started? It... Well, when did Man of Steel come out? Yeah. So so that's that's the thing, is we can either we start by adjusting Man of Steel and going from there, with the assumption that like because the two of us are there, DC can do this properly and actually compete with Marvel. Um and then that means that if there's something we like, we can just keep it in there. Because here's here's my argument against starting everything from square one is that Aquaman is the perfect movie and I cannot change it. Yeah. There's nothing I can do to improve Aquaman. Everything about it fits perfectly, including the Pitbull song. Yeah. And let's not forget, another perfect movie, Birds of Prey. This is also true. I feel I feel like Birds of Prey, the good parts of Birds of Prey, which is like 95% of it, but I feel like we could even split that into a Gotham City Sirens movie and a Birds of Prey movie that doesn't necessitate Harley Quinn. Yeah. So like... Yeah, Birds of Prey is a perfect movie, but we might cre end up creating a DCEU that it comes out in a different form. Yes. Okay. If we can slump Birds of Prey right in, I'll absolutely do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Man of Steel came out in 2013, the year after the Avengers. So, like, that was... It was in production when they knew the Avengers was coming. Yeah. Now, here's... Oh, here's the other thing, though. Is that originally, we had said that what if we didn't have any of the big four for the phase one of the DC movies? That was my my idea, is that because everyone already knows Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, and so I was going to say that we, we know the Flash now, but I guess yeah. Flash wasn't as well-known story and origins-wise in 2013, because the TV show didn't come out until the next year. Yeah, and, like, he's never really been part of, like, with the DC, you have the big three. It's the Trinity. Yeah, it's the Trinity. So, honestly, you could probably do a Flash film. Now, the question is, which Flash do you do? So, 
when I was when I was planning on it being um like a flat when I was planning on Flash not getting a movie in the first phase, I was thinking that when the movie did come around, it would be Wally West as Kid Flash. Um, but if we are putting in phase one, maybe it would make more sense to be Barry Allen. So then that's, do we want it to be a Barry Allen origin story or do we want it to be like Barry Allen has already been acting as the Flash? Hmm. What is his origin story? Because that's something I'm... He was a CSI who was in the lab late one night and then uh, he got struck by a bolt of lightning that knocked him into a bunch of chemicals and then he became, then he got super speed. Um, and there have been revisions to that, like, in the TV show, it's not a lightning bolt, it's like a, a dark matter blast from the the Large Hadron Collider that they had exploding. Um, okay. And then later iterations also say that, like, the lightning bolt wasn't even lightning, but it was Barry from the future traveling so fast that he went back in time and became the lightning bolt that gave himself super speed. Okay. I don't think that's how it works, but okay. Cool, because it's, it's the speed force. Yep, sure. It could it could be something like Barry Allen's last. Mm, no, I think I think if we're gonna start with the Flash, we should start it as an origin story movie. Yeah. Um, and I guess I had a I had a very dark horse casting for the Flash, which I think actually works a little bit better if Flash movies being made eight years ago because he is a, bit, a little bit younger then. Okay. Nick Sampson, he played Chip on Power Rangers Mystic Force. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he filled out. Oh yeah, he's kind of daddy now. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 le- <laughs> I can justify this because he he does know like he knows combat he knows martial arts he took a uh, capoeira training before he was a Power Ranger I imagine he can get back into that he has been working as a comedian yeah so you know he can be funny he's a natural redhead there's mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever none of the live action berries have ever been redheads I don't think not that I know of no and I'm sure by this point he'd be able to do a passable American accent mm-hmm. and you know. Like, when you think about the Marvel origin movies, like, Iron Man, Superman, and Thor, the only actor who was relatively known was Robert Downey Jr. And even then, this was, like, his big comeback. Yeah, this was his big comeback. And, I mean, I guess Chris Evans was also fairly well-known, but everyone was like, oh my god, I can't believe they cast the Human Torch? Like, he, he, everyone still had the frat boy mindset for Chris. Yeah. And even then, like, I didn't realize that was the Human Torch when I saw it. When I saw Chris Evans. <laughs> because Baby Lindsay Brain was just... I barely paid attention to the Fantastic Four. So, yeah. That, that's that's fair enough. Yeah. Alright, so then... And then with The Flash, I don't want the villain to be any other speedster. Yeah. Just because... And again, so this, this is 2013. So, it's not like... It's not like they were played out by then. Because again, the show hasn't started yet. But... Yeah. I'm coming from the perspective of the future person. Yes. <laughs> who says I'm sick of Flash having to be faster than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say either don't, don't make the big bad the rogues, but set up the rogues. But then the maybe the big bad is the thinker, is Clifford DeVoe. Okay. And he can be like this university professor who's also, I, I guess it's kind of taking a page out of the Green Lantern movie in the sense that he, like, the Dark Matter wave that gave Barry super speed also gave him super brain power. And now he's, like, making this bid to become the crime lord of Central City, and he's recruiting the rogues. And then the end of the movie and the, like, the sequel hook for the next Flash movie would be, now there's all of these rogues, why don't we work together? Yeah. So, like, we can introduce Captain Cold and, and 
Who was it? It's Captain Cold and Heatwave. Trickster is also usually a part of them. Um, yeah. And a lot of people put in Pied Piper too. Let's see, there's Captain Boomerang. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, Captain Boomerang is also a major one. And Captain Boomerang ends up in Suicide Squad, so. Yeah, so we could introduce um, Captain Boomerang in like the next Yeah, okay, so, so let's, let's have Captain Boomerang, Captain Cold, and Heatwave as like the minions for Thinker. And then yeah. after Thinker is defeated, they're like, what if we formed our own gang instead of just working for someone else? Mm-hmm. My, th- my three uh, criminal underlings have unionized. <laughs> <laughs> Better conditions for goons. <laughs> <laughs> or as, um, as uh, Jay Morton, a.k.a. the Panda Red, has uh, dubbed it, the Goonian. Yeah. Uh, there was someone who made a video about, like, Someone posed the question, who would be better to work for, Lex Luthor or the Joker? And it's like, it's obviously Lex Luthor. Yeah, that was that was the Panda Red who did that whole okay. rant. That, yes. That's who that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we start with the Flash movie. And then how many movies do we want to try and fit in a year? Or do we even want to bother with that? Let's try not to bother. Um, okay. I will say that... We do need to have, because the stuff I have researched for this hypothetical Harry Potter uh, YouTube video that I might one day produce, um, Warner Bros. was on a a bit of a tight schedule to get some sort of Superman film out by 2016 because of the deal that they had um, struck with the with the Superman's creators' estates. Right. Yeah. So. We need a Man of Steel by 2016. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, does it have to be a Superman movie, or can it just be Superman appearing in someone else's movie? Uh. <sighs> okay. So maybe the estates probably wanted a Superman film, but maybe there could have been a negotiation where it's like, okay, can we have Superman in something by 2016? Yeah. Because I'm thinking we could have Super Superman appear in the Flash movie. Okay. Like, in the, that's the other stinger, is that Superman floats down and he's like, Hello, Flash, you seem like a pretty cool kid. Do you want to join my club? Yeah. And you know what? We could still keep Henry Cable. I think he is a good casting. Like, he looks like what people think of Superman. But we'll have a different direction so that he can, like, act and stuff. Yes! Because, like, from all of the stuff I've seen from Henry Cable, it's like, if you give him a good script, he is amazing. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, who do you want the villain to be for... Or, no, we're not worried about a Superman movie yet. We can, we can definitely have... I think having Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman having already been active a little bit in the background before the film start is a good setup. Yeah. Because then it means the payoff of them appearing. Just, it works a little bit better. Yeah, we could use them like how Marvel used Nick Fury. Yeah. So then... If Superman appears in the Flash movie, and that's the setup for, like, a Justice League movie two years from now. Yeah. Um, now, who do you think the other... If we're having a six-member Justice League, who should the other two people be? Should it still be Aquaman and... I mean, one of them would have to be Aquaman. Yeah. And I say we keep Aquaman movie. Maybe it just happens earlier in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And then our other options are Cyborg, Hawkwoman, and Martian Manhunter. Yeah, so... <sighs> Martian Manhunter, he's had a long-standing problem in that he's never really had his... He's only had two ongoing series, and they were canceled after, like, 30 or so issues. Yeah. 
Um, he is better known thanks to the animated series, but also like no writer re- was really consistent on what his powers were. Yeah, I think he d- he didn't really come into his own until the Supergirl TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they basically co-divided his powers as he can shapeshift and fly, and I think he has laser eyes. Yeah. Um. That and and telepathy. Yeah. Um. And then there's a uh, Hawkman, who isn't as well known as Hawk Girl because of the cartoon. I will yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, and Green Lantern. We could also have, do we want yeah, to do a Green, Green Lantern. Lantern movie, or do we want to save Green Lantern for after Justice League? Or should we establish the cosmic side of things ASAP? Uh, because I think DC does a lot more with their cosmic stuff than Marvel, but like I'm, I don't know. I'm not nearly as familiar with the cosmic side of DC as I am with Marvel's, though. And part of that is because the, um, they haven't really been portrayed as much in the popular culture. Yeah, that's true. But I know one of the th- when we were talking about this before, you said one of the things you really wanted to do was get Green Lantern into space as soon as possible. Yeah. I have a pitch for that. Okay. And it actually would inv- um, also bring in our favorite, John Stewart. <laughs> yes! Um, and I was actually looking at how his stuff got started, and I think that would work really well for a movie. So in the comics, Guy Gardner was injured in a car accident. Yeah. And so um, Hal Jordan needed a new partner, because I guess at this point in the comics, they were pairing up the lanterns, or at least par- pairing up the Earth Sector lanterns, because... Holy shit, so many things happened on Earth. We can't just stick with one. Yeah. Um, so Gardner was an accident, and so the Guardians chose Jon Stewart, and Hal didn't like Jon Stewart because he didn't listen to authority figures. He was an archaeologist, except when he was a former Marine. Personally, I would like to keep him as an archaeologist. Yeah. Not an archaeologist, architect. Architect, yeah. The the Hawks are the archaeologists sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um and then the whole thing was like they had to protect uh, a little kind of racist politician from assailants, and then John abandoned his post. Except he didn't actually, because he knew that the assailants were just setups to give sympathy for the politician. Mm-hmm. And then he proved it. And then Hal Jordan was like, "You know what, John Stewart, you're a pretty cool dude." Okay. So I'm thinking that we could do something like that, and it would get there's there's like seven different people involved in the legacy of the Green Lantern that there's no way we'd be able to hit all of them unless we had some pre-established. Yeah. So I think this is another case where we should have Hal Jordan has is already the Green Lantern. Yes. And Guy Gardner is also already a Green Lantern, except he has to go on medical leave. Mm-hmm. And so then John Stewart can be the like the the focal point Green Lantern, and then we can have the the movie can be a buddy cop movie, and then by the end of it, John can be the Lantern that's keeping a closer eye on Earth, yeah. whereas Hal is the one who goes and is dealing with the more cosmic stuff. And so then we could have. John, like there, if we have two different sets of Green Lantern movies, one can be the Green Lantern in space, one can be Green Lantern in Metropolis or wherever he lives. Green Lantern in the solar system. Yeah, and then my I did have casting for that. Oh, as well. Well, of course, keep in mind my casting is uh, based on if we were doing this now. Yeah, but I was thinking that uh, John Stewart could be played by John Boyega. Yes, definitely today. Um, I remember talking to Ryan about John Stewart, Green Lantern, and oh, now I have to look up Criminal Minds. Oh, I know who you're talking about, though. Yes, but I should. <laughs> I can't remember his name. I don't know why. Well, it's because nobody actually watched Criminal Minds. <laughs> Unless you're my mom. 
<laughs> True. Shamar Moore? Yeah, Shamar Moore. Yeah, he would also be a really good pick. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if I had an idea. I feel like I had an idea for Hal Jordan, but I never wrote it down. Uh... Um, I do have casting for Batman, though, if we didn't want to go with Batfleck. Okay. Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah, especially if we're going with older Batman. Mm-hmm. Which he's, he's like, in his mid-60s, but he looks 50. Yeah. He looks like he can still hold his own in an action sequence. Yeah. And there's always stunt doubles and all that. And then I was thinking, like, if you didn't want to go with classic Bruce Wayne, if you wanted to go with, say, Tara McGinnis, then Bruce Wayne, I would make an offer to Michael Keaton. See, I think that's actually what's happening right now. Okay. <laughs> um, but I would I would love that, but for our project I would like to establish the modern bats before yeah. the future bats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my I do want an older Batman because not to give too much away, but my Batman solo film is not a Batman solo film, it is actually a bat family and specifically looking at his kids. Yes. Um, and actually, also, it would probably make more sense if the Lanterns are the ones who met Superman, and then Barry meets Batman. Yes. Because Barry and Batman are both involved in crime solving, and then the other set is more space. Yeah. And then Aquaman and Wonder Woman are both from, you know, secret kind of magical society, so that also works thematically. Yeah. So, we actually really cover a whole bunch of our bases. Now, I was thinking, because I want some more like gender diversity instead of hawkman because unfortunately hawkman <laughs> look the the target demographic no one cares about hawkman we only care about hawkwoman yeah we only care about hawkwoman really so i was thinking we focus on shiara and we try to so the thing about the about hawkman and hawkwoman is that they have been retconned to helen back yeah yeah, so what we can do is maybe try to... How much smushing of the different backstories do we want? I think I think this is a pretty good way to streamline this. And when the Hawks appeared on Legends of Tomorrow, they like almost got into it, but not quite. Okay. Basically what happened on Legends of Tomorrow were that the Hawks and Vandal Savage were exposed to like a special meteorite that gave the Hawks their powers and Vandal his immortality. And then, of course, the Hawks' powers is the, the reincarnation. So every yeah. anytime they die, they just return again in the next life. And I think Vandal Savage is a good villain for the Hawks. And yeah. I think just to refine that, say that the meteorite is part of, like, Thanagar that basically went the same way as Krypton. Oh, okay. And then that could also set up... You know, Krypton exploded. Thanagar also exploded. This could also be setting up, like, maybe a Brainiac situation. Yes. Where I, either the, the explosion was not true, and it's just that maybe some bits of the planet fell. I, oh, wait, no. He doesn't steal planets. He only steals cities. So, yeah, he, he, he grabs some cities, and then the rest of the planet just kaboomed. Yes. <laughs> so with that, that can be foreshadowing for Brainiac down the line. Yeah. Um, but for now, the Stanagar exploded, the meteors traveled far and managed to hit Earth and exposed, in ancient Egyptian times, exposed the Hawks and Vandal to their abilities. Mm -hmm. um, or actually, because Vandal Savage was supposed to be around since, like, the Neolithic era, yeah. we could have some chunks landing millions of years before the other ones. Mm-hmm. Because space works like that. Yeah. Or even, like, if Vandal is using weapons forged from the meteorite... 
his attempts to kill the Hawks, maybe they just activate their metagene or whatever, and that's what gives them their powers. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, essentially, Shiara, um, she can anamorph into the Thanagarian form. Mm-hmm. But she's not doesn't always have the wings hanging out. Yeah. Um, and I have casting for her as well, Elodie Young. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and and hey, she's actually she's Algerian, which is at least in the vicinity of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So I say that's like the main JLA. Okay, so so you want to have a Hawkwoman movie before the actual Justice League movie? Yeah. Okay. So in that case, maybe Martian Manhunter can be the one who appears in her stinger. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, because I think, I do get what you're saying. I feel like Martian Manhunter is going to be very much, he's he, he probably won't be getting a solo movie anytime soon. At mm-hmm. most, he'll be like the the deuteragonist if there's like a Miss Martian movie, because I feel like people like Miss Martian more than Martian Manhunter on account of Young Justice. Yes. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if on the comic book side, like having Martian Manhunter more ex- uh, exposed to a wider audience would be an impetus to at least get some sort of um, individual title going yeah. to try and make something more solid canon for his character. Yeah, well, it's just he, again, Supergirl was able to play up a lot about how he lost his family and the destruction of Mars by the White Martians and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the book really got into the pathos of that. But so much of his comic stuff, and I feel like even on the Justice League cartoon, he was just like, I'm very stoic and green. Yes. I don't know. We could do something with him that <laughs> I kind of see him as like the teal of the group. <laughs> I watched a, a two hour long video about um, about Stargate recently. It was very good. And you know, that guy would probably be a good person to play Martian Manhunter as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever had like a canonical race, but because Super- he's played by a black guy in Supergirl, I feel like it would be like something would have gone wrong if we're not casting a black guy to play him now. Yeah. And from what I understand from the bit I've read, some of the writers over at DC treat him as like the Superman of the Southern Hemisphere, so. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, actually, here's, here's another idea. What if, what if the Justice League movie is the White Martian invasion? And so then that's where Jean gets introduced. And like, he, he kind of plays a a little bit of a silver surfer role in that he's the first one to land. And they're like, "Uh oh, it's an alien invasion. He's like, I'm not the invading alien. They're the invading aliens. And like, oh, okay. Do you want to be our best friend now? I like that. Yeah. Got some plot rolling. So then after that, we can get into films for Soups and Bats and Wendy. Yeah. Um, okay, let me pitch you my Bat family movie. Okay. Uh, basically, it is going to focus on all his kids. I have not, I have eight children and Kate. <laughs> okay. So, ob- obviously, Nightwing is Yoshi Sadarso. Yes. Because he's been campaigning for the role since birth, I think. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Red Hood is going to be Jay Morton, a.k.a. the Panda Red, because he is also started campaigning for that role. Yeah. And on the one hand, it is based solely on his TikTok, but on the other hand, he's basically said, I know it's ridiculous for me to try and campaign based solely on my TikTok, but wouldn't it be cool, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Again, keep in mind the fact that I base this casting on people who are active today. Yeah. So Red Robin is Joshua Bassett, who is only 20. So if this was coming out, he'd only be like 15 Tim Drake would only be 15 years old. Okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, Robins, <laughs> they are teens. Yes, that's true. 
Um, Oracle is going to be played by Ali Stroker. I like I I know that she's kind of like the I mean okay I was gonna say she's the go-to for actresses who use wheelchairs but there aren't a lot of those but because there aren't a lot of those my mind immediately went to the only one I knew yeah however she is in her thirties so she does actually hit the right age range mm-hmm. um and then ba- I just searched for uh, Stephanie Brown casting and I g- was given Peyton List who is currently on Cobra Kai so that works oh yeah um and then uh for Cassandra Kane I just I cast Emily Fan. Also known as the YouTuber, not even Emily. Okay. She's, she is an aspiring actress, and she's very funny, and I think she should be in more stuff. Yeah. Uh, Damien Wayne does have to be played by an unknown. Yes. And then uh, Roman Banks as the signal, uh, on account of... I also just saw him recently in House of Music of the Series, and I think he's really good. <laughs> and then I had Kate Kane being played by Lizzie Kaplan, because I was like, should I prioritize them? her being played by... A queer woman or a Jewish woman? And what was a Jewish woman? And I like Lizzie Kaplan. And I know she is more known for her comedy, but I feel like if she took the superhero boot camp, she could kick some ass. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the, I, the idea I had for the villains was that it would be like, they're kind of get caught in a war between the Court of Owls and the uh, League of Assassins. And mm-hmm. I was even thinking that maybe this is the introduction of Damian Wayne. Like the, the boys have to try and rescue their new brother. Okay. Um, and then that would mean that the big bads, they, they still, like, in the grand Batman tradition of having two key villains as the villains, mm-hmm. <laughs> never just one baddie, there's always these two baddies. Oh, uh, no. But the grand Batman tradition is that on League of Assassins, obviously they have to deal with Raish. Yeah. Uh, and then for the Court of Owls, it's going to turn out that they're actually being headed by Azrael. Okay. And he can show up in his giant fuck you bat mech suit. <laughs> That nobody liked, and the writers were like, good, that was the intention. He's <laughs> not supposed to look up to Asriel, he's a terrible person. Yes. Let's see. Soup, so when Ryan and I were out with her dad during that hiking trip, we had a bit of downtime, and Ryan and I got talking about, like, what if there was a Superman film in 99? And one yes. of the things that Ryan proposed is like, okay, so are we just going to like reboot this? Or are we going to try and do like a Superman Returns situation? So why not do Superman Returns? Wherein Superman 3 and 4 get retconned out because nobody likes them. I don't mind Superman 3. I get why people didn't like it, but I thought it was fine. Okay. <laughs> but let's say... Superman goes into the Fortress of Solitude for a while, gives up his powers and all that. I'm taking a nap. And something brings him back. That's why he's been recruiting all of these other superheroes for the Justice League. Okay. So let's say it, like, the obvious thing to do is it's something related to Lex Luthor. Just because that seems obvious. Maybe yeah. it's something related to Brainiac. Maybe he has a version of Brainiac hiding out in one of his labs somewhere. Oh, that that could work, actually. I can very much see, like, Lex Luthor thinking he invented Brainiac, and Brainiac's just like, yeah, I'll let you play along until I can make my move. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Lex Luthor isn't smart. It's just, like, he's arrogant. Yeah. So that's pretty much most of my thing. It's like, he's been retired, he needs to get back his power, because he knows that Lex Luthor is up to something with this whole Brainiac situation, because oh, hey, guess what? Clark is a fucking journalist. Maybe he's doing some investigative journalist stuff with Lois. Okay, so, what if 
So is this Superman movie going to be like a prequel to the Justice League or is it happening after? Or is it kind of be like a split narrative of like, here's what happened before and here's what's happening now? Maybe a... Because I think I think you have a really good... I think that's a really strong idea, but then we'd have to say, okay, well, then Superman did appear first. <laughs> yeah. Or not appear first, but like he got his movie first, even though he was active in the past. Yeah. Um, maybe it's... Split narrative might be... Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's more of a... Lois and Clark movie instead of okay. like just a straight Superman movie so that we can make it a bit of a prequel or say this is happening while the these collection of movies are going on at the same time. Okay. Oh, so we could actually have Clark appear to the Lanterns, but it's Clark. It's not yet Superman. Yeah, because maybe he's still in the process of regaining his superpowers. Exactly. Yeah. So because that's that was the thing I was going to say is that one of the things that happened in Crisis is uh, Lex was just decided to take advantage of the situation and kill every Superman he could find. And he came across the Smallville Superman, yeah. who then told him that he had given up his power. So he was no longer, he was fully human. He was no longer Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. He'd just given up his power so that he could raise a family with Lois. And that could be the situation that our Superman is in now, where he essentially retired. Yeah. The Earth wasn't in danger. Lex was either in prison or just like he had decided to only do normal business things instead of world destroying business things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's living his life as a journalist. And then he like realizes that the thing, the thing is coming. And so he starts recruiting and like getting in touch with uh, Bruce and Diana and has to like make a big trek to the fortress to get his powers back. Mm-hmm. So, oh, almost. I feel like that would almost be like a Bourne movie, kind of. Ooh, yeah. Clark has to fight as a normal guy, and Lex is sending his people like, oh, finally, I'll find the source of Superman's powers that I can take it. And so, like, he sends Mercy Graves after him, and maybe he does have, like, some henchman in a power suit or something. Maybe he has one of the rogues who then just decides, this is ridiculous, I'm moving to Central City. Yeah. (laughs) Gonna be a villain there that's less dangerous. (laughs) The top. <laughs> so yeah, we could have that. And then Wonder Woman. Okay, so the thing with the Wonder Woman movie that we got, her origin story, I do like it. It did fumble near the end, in my mind. And with the World War One setting, I think you could go harder. You could, you should go more into the... Actually, this is a pretty morally gray fight between empires on equal footing yeah like don't make the germans well it's kind of easy to make the german high command at the time the bad guys but like i i don't know you could find some other way to get Ares. I, I feel i feel like it should it should be a film more about protecting innocence than destroying the villain yeah with that wonder woman film i say it's a bit of tweaking and then Yes, Wonder Woman has been active for the past hundred years. It's just she's been on the more DL. Yeah. Yeah. And she she travels the world. She keeps on, like, obtaining and then dumping her uh, covers. Yeah. And then that's that's a way that we could incorporate Cheetah a little bit better, is that she could be someone who's, like, trying to hunt down Wonder Woman. Like the the myth of Wonder Woman, the secret origins. Yes. Um, and she has no idea that her best friend Diana is Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. And then maybe she like is trying to get to Themyscira, or they maybe they're trying to find this Themyscira an artifact, mm-hmm. and it's like 
Diana's like, no, only the pure of heart can wield it. And uh, what's her name? Beverly? Is that her people name? Barbara. Barbara. Barbara is like, I'm, you're the one who's been lying to me all the time. I'm super pure of heart. And she grabs it and then she turns into a cat. <laughs> Nature's most <laughs> yeah. skittish cat. <laughs> the poor cheetah. It was once considered a big cat, but it can't roar. It meows. And it's so skittish, it needs therapy dogs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, as as long as you don't run around a cheetah because they have such a strong prey instinct, you could keep one as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, another thing, another way that she could get uh, cheetified is if maybe her search... Lancer and Gorilla City, and that's also how we can introduce Grodd. Yeah, because I I like Grodd as a villain, but I do feel like thematically he does fit a little just just as tad better with Wonder Woman than with Flash. Yeah, seems more in her wheelhouse. And the very like Grodd can be like, I'll shoot you with uh, wilderness mind beams and turn you into a cat. Mm-hmm. And that's how we can get um, Animal Man and Vixen. And oh yeah, that's true. Okay, mm, how about what if what if Barbara is like the villain for the first two acts of the movie, but then at the end it turns out to be Circe? Ooh. That sounds really good. And then maybe like the the backdoor the backdoor pilot from Wonder Woman can be Vixen and Animal Man. Yeah. And it can it can be a thing of like, now that Circe has been defeated, the Red needs new guardians. Because the Red is like this, the cosmic force that is all animal life. Just like how the green is the cosmic force of all plant life. And mm -hmm. the gray is the cosmic force of all fungus. Well, with that being said, how about a Swamp Thing movie? <laughs> yes! A little bit later down the line, though. A little bit later, yeah. We should do a, we should talk about a Justice League movie. Because I think we've been building yes. up to Brainiac. Do we want... Brainiac to be like ju the second Justice League movie because we ca we did kind of say or at least I kind of said that maybe the first Justice League movie is just the Martian the White Martians invasion yeah the White Mar okay so the first one will be the White Martians maybe Brainiac's the second or possibly the third yeah because I do I do kind of had my heart set on Darkseed actually making appearance yeah yeah because New Gods is really interesting. We're completely gonna rip Marvel off, and Darkseid will be Thanos because that was his role initially. Or maybe Thanos was supposed to be Marvel's Dark Side. I cannot recall who came first. So, look, they were all created by Jack Kirby, and he was totally <laughs> into the chariots of the gods and ancient aliens. So, yeah. What if I remade the Greek pantheon twice? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Kirby, you mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um. So actually, yeah, I think Brainiac would work quite well for a second movie. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as they don't defeat him. Like, they need to yeah. either scare him off or lock him up. Yeah. I say lock him up, and... Or, the, or like, the defeat him, but, like, hint that he could return. Yeah. Because he, what is, he's, like, he's, like, made a data. He's, like, made a computer parts, yeah. and he regenerates. What was that one villain from, the main villain from Power Rangers SPD? Emperor Grum? No, wait, no, not SPD. The, RPM, uh, you mean? The end of the first Bond era. Fuck. Or the first Disney era. The the yeah, from RPM, the main villain was Vengex, the computer virus. Yes. Yeah, that, that he is very Brainiac. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Brainiac hides himself in some sort of tech, like uh, I don't know, something that Bruce owns. Or 
we can use the Brainiac situation to uh, dovetail both into introducing Mother Boxes and introducing Cyborg in a Cyborg movie. Oh, yeah. And then, I don't know who Cyborg's rogues gallery is necessarily, but we could definitely... We can set it up so that the villain in the Cyborg movie is Brother I, which was another computer virus. Yeah. Just have him fight all the robots. You got Brother I, you got Amazo. Yeah. Those are the only ones I can think of. I'm pretty so, sure Amazo was a robot. <laughs> so with Cyborg, maybe that could also be like a backdoor way of doing some sort of Teen Titans related stuff? That's the other thing, because Cyborg, I'm thinking that Cyborg would work best if he was college aged. Yeah. Rather than a full on teen. But that can definitely be a thing of the Justice League being like, okay, well, you're, like, you're, you're, you're a child, you're a youth. <laughs> yes, you are a baby. Uh, but, but, you know, we keep getting reports, we keep getting reports of, like, these other teens who are involved in superheroing, and then everyone gives Bruce a side eye, and Bruce is like, what? what? Huh. They volunteered. They love it. <laughs> it keeps them out of trouble. <laughs> it's great cardio. <laughs> They're going to school, okay? <laughs> yeah, they, so they can go to... What, what is Cyborg's real name? Because no one ever used real names on the Teen Titans cartoon. Victor Stone. Yes. So they can be like, uh, Victor, do you want to maybe team up with Damien and, like, lead the children? Oh, yeah. And then, like, with Wonder Woman, maybe she has a young assistant named Donna. Or however the Donna Troy backstory is. Oh, God. That's another character who's been retconned how many times? <laughs> Every time Superboy punches the universe, Donna Troy gets a new origin story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, I was about to say, what if Lex did some funky science and cloned Diana and that's how we got Donna, but then I realized that's literally the origin for Superboy also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And doesn't Supergirl also have a clone? No, I think that was a different alien that just um, was able to anamorph into her form. Okay. Ugly dogly. Um, so what other stuff that we can produce? Because we've got like 80 odd years of shit to work with. Um, uh, Shazam. I would like Shazam to stay the same as well. Yeah. Because the, the so but yeah, between Shazam Birds of Prey and Aquaman, those are the three best DC movies. Yes. Of of this vaguely shared universe. Yeah. And I say that unlike Marvel, maybe not be too caught up about everybody's stories being super connected. Yeah, I think Marvel definitely especially in like from phase three onward got addicted to just everything being set up of the next thing. Yeah. And I feel like the Obviously, you can have, like, cameos and drop hints, but I think it's better if, like, the 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 setup is established in the next... So, like, if... So, Justice League 2, Brainiac Attack. Yeah. Um, instead of it ending with, like, oh, this is going to, like, very... Te like, telegraphing that this is what will lead into Cyborg, which will then lead into Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we can do is, like, we have it just, like, end with Brainiac being maybe not quite dead, and there being, like... A chunk of his ship in the form of a mother box, like one of Darkseid's mother boxes. Yeah. And you know, if if you know comics, you will recognize it and you'll be like, oh, this will bridge the gap from the Brainiac movie to the Dark Side movie. Yeah. Um, but if you're just watching a normal like a normal pure human, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, this is a MacGuffin for a sequel. But it's not like the bashing over your head saying, This is why cyborg exists. But then 
in the cyborg movie when victor begins becomes cyborg we can say oh well dad reverse engineered technology that he found from brainiac's ship and like oh what a funky little box and then it's not until the dark side movie where they're like hey this funky little box um is summoning a, a place called apocalypse but spelled wrong yeah and then with the cyborg movie like it will end on the justice league being you're like you're really young but you have the power to be a good hero in the future and then the teen titans movie can start with uh like um dick going to vic it's dick and vic and they're like what if we adopted children (laughs) (laughs) and from there you get you add in beast boy uh starfire and raven and maybe donna yeah yeah i would say the the cartoon cast and donna um and probably tim because if we go off the casting he would still be a teen as well yeah and damien you have to stay with Damien has to say with Bruce, Damien is the Justice League baby. Yes. Um, and as for the Teen Titans, who their first villain might be, I, my instinct is to go with Slade, but I don't know. I feel like because Slade is so closely tied, I mean, he, yeah, he's a Teen Titans villain, but he's also closely tied to Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already had a Batman movie that was more about like the legacy than stuff. So I want to pick someone else. And, you know, I think the other option, the other strong option would either be Trigon or Blackfire. Okay, yeah. Maybe Blackfire. Because I feel like Trigon is a bit, you need to build up, like, what Raven's deal is. Yeah, that's true. And, like, Black, I know Blackfire is in the current season of Titans, but I don't think she's the big bad. I think she's kind of, like, an, an anti-villain situation. I've never watched Titans, but yeah. as far as I can tell, like, the villain-villain is basically Jason and Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) The Titans writers were like, we're sick of evil Superman. Give us evil Batman. (laughs) I mean, it's easy for Batman to go evil. So this it's, or it's easier to justify it. Yes, I guess. I think also in this area, in this, we're already in phase three. Yeah. I think this is also the area where we just slot the birds of prey in. Yeah. And I think the only, see, I was, okay. I was about to say the only change I would do is say that, um, you don't need to have it be a sequel to Suicide Squad per se. But yeah. Birds of Prey itself, you would never have had to have seen Suicide Squad. Like, the only reference is Harley used to date the Joker and broke up. Yeah. Which you don't need a whole movie to deal with. You can just say that, have that in the backstory of the movie itself. Yeah. One of the early opening scenes, gonna spoil a movie from last year that everybody saw. Um, like, everybody knows that she broke up with the Joker because she blew up the acid factory. Exactly. <laughs> it's very obvious. <laughs> um, now, a movie that I've been kind of wanting to do for a long time, like ever since the DCEU became a possibility and ever since I like saw him in the Justice League cartoon, is a Jonah Hex film. Yes. He is a bit of a problematic character because of which side he was on during the American Civil War, but we can change that. Yeah. We can make him a West Virginian. We we could even... We could have the plot be that, like, he was on the Confederate side just because that's where he lived. Yeah. But, like... Okay, no, not even, like... It'd be like he would have been recruited for the Confederate side. Or it was one of those situations which actually happened where, like, a rich guy paid him to go in his place. And Jonah just needed the money. Yeah, see, it is hard to garner sympathy for him if his story is, like... I was fighting the Confederates, and then I realized that slavery's bad. Yeah. Because, like, you, you kind of want your heroes 
to know that right off the hop. Yeah, and like the politics of slavery in the South at the time was like where poor whites fell on was actually fairly complex. Yeah. And you can't See, graft modern uh impoverished white southerners onto 1860s impoverished white southerners. So maybe yeah. or maybe he was in one of the areas that was kind of like say a Tennessee Kentucky area that was like they could have gone either way or like he was from an area where like plantations just weren't a thing like mm-hmm. Appalachia. The land is just not conducive to that sort of lifestyle. Yeah, I think the best way for it to do it would be that he's he's not fighting for either side, not in a centrist way, but in like he recognizes that the the systems of power that the North are trying to establish aren't going to be like that far different from the ones in the South, mm-hmm. other than just unionizing the states. And so he's very much like, it's not that he's out for himself, it's just that he's doling out his own justice. Yeah. And we could have him already out West, doing his stuff. It's a bit The Outlaw Josie Wales, but that's a really good movie. <laughs> and I say, I've said this before, I'll say it again, Scotty Switch should play him. Just, you know, special effects makeup, that cheek. <laughs> just just nastify that side of his face. Yeah. Um, and then and then the Jonah Hex movie can end, and it was actually all a, a history report from his descendant, Ginny Hex. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a real character? No, no, it should be Damien Bruce. Damien Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> it's Damien Wayne and Ginny Hex who <laughs> work together to do a, a report on Ginny's like great 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 grandpa. <laughs> you could say something very rude about great great grandpa. <laughs> yeah. See, now I'm just remembering how people got really pissed that Ginny Hex existed because they were like, well, but she's a descendant from Jonah Hex and he fought, the conf- fought, and fought for the Confederates. And I'm like, honey, you probably have at least like a third of your family tree who fought for the Confederates if you were in America long enough. Uh, I'm just going to say that a whole bunch of my male ancestors were part of the Orange Lodge, who were an anti-Catholic organization here in Canada. Great. I'm distantly related to Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Who you're descended from doesn't matter as long as you are not uh, actively perpetuating their problematic aspects. Or trying to whitewash what they did. Exactly. My ancestors were assholes. So were mine. Yes. Yay! Yay! Um, We're coming up on an hour. Okay. Uh, Man-Thing movie. Man-Thing movie. Um, Should exist. Good job. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing, basically a monster movie. It's like the oh right, yeah, wrong. I forgot. Man Thing is Marvel. Swamp Thing is DC. Yeah, yeah. So Swamp Thing, it's just basically a a monster movie, but like the monster's the protagonist. Yeah, it'd almost be like a Frankenstein. Yeah, and then that could also help set up Justice League Dark. Yeah, I think the one of the things that Marvel has done well is like they'll take like the general idea of a storyline and then like make it into something that's workable for a film yeah so like we don't have to directly adapt storylines exactly and i think you in fact suffer for it to be only because you cannot take every single little piece of it the comics lore that led to that storyline and completely transplant it into the movies unless you are adapting everything that leads up to them 
Mm-hmm. So you you need to refine things and need to uh, move them around for what works for you. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it will end up being in-name only, but I think if it makes thematic sense, then it still works. Yeah. And it's not like comics are a medium that isn't adverse to retcons and retextualizing and re-examining characters mm-hmm. and storylines and all that. Like, as much as we complain about reboots with comics, like, sometimes it's a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes you need to uh, trim the fat. Mm-hmm. The last thing I will say is that uh, the Dark Seed movie, the la- the third Justice League movie, uh, should also introduce Big Barda and Mr. Miracle, and then they can switch sides partway through, similar oh, yeah. to how Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch did. Yeah. And I think that should be our, like, big one. And I think with some of the characters, like, especially someone... Characters like uh, Wonder Woman and Superman maybe not be afraid to recast them when the actors want to move on. Yeah. And then just, like, not make it a big deal. Just play it like the James Bond films. Do they look different? Yeah, maybe do a quick lampshade as, like, a wink and a nod to the audience. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much most of my ideas. And honestly, comic books are kind of a self-perpetuating story engine so yeah hey dc hire us exactly lock <laughs> jeff johns in a box yeah i don't know if he's done anything necessarily bad but considering the fact that his name has been attached to every single dc thing since like 2005 i think i feel like mm, maybe it's time to take a nap some uh fresh eyes are much needed extremely mm-hmm. so i guess with that uh, we will uh, leave you here with truth, truth, justice, and presumably an American friendship promo. <laughs> so here's what you missed on Loser Like Me. A musical TV show called Glee aired for six seasons, and Christina and Tanner decided to rewatch the whole thing. It's really wild. Anything goes on this show. The whole conflict is about a cheerleading coach trying to destroy a Glee club. But it's also about finding your true self and being special. Well, their teacher's a cuck, and I'm pretty sure his degree fell off the back of a truck. There's lots of yelling about good representation from the show and the two of us. And I don't think the writers are always sure what show they're even writing. Yeah. Tanner gets passionate about Kurt. Christina gets really upset about incorrect use of Spanish. Look, it happens. And so many interesting characters don't get the screen time they deserve. Like Tina, Ari, Mike, So if you want to hear what was going on beyond just the singing and the dancing, check out Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we find the best parts of this show and hold nothing back talking about the worst ones. You can find us on whatever podcast provider you use. Or on Twitter at LoserLikeMePod. And And that's that's what what you missed missed on Glee! Glee. Alright, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this right podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notify About You First, and they're pronounced Justice League, Jusemble. Uh, you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your idea for a new origin story for Donna Troy. <laughs> That's also where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube or even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show and others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. 
Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Soto, Assiniboine, and Métis. Last but not least, don't forget that you can buy this episode for yourself. It's not an NFT, it is just your name on a spreadsheet, but for a $5 donation to the North Central Family Center, link in the description, we will declare that you are the owner of this podcast episode or any episode you so desire. So, Tanner. Oh, Lindsay, we made it! 150 episodes! Woo! Oh god, that means there's only 50 more episodes until episode 200. (laughs) Christ, we keep on having these anniversary episodes. (laughs) Shit, we keep on making a podcast. Yep. We just keep going and going and going. Also, I'm stalling because I have no idea what I'm doing next week. Oh, no. We know exactly what we're doing next week because next week is our actual anniversary anniversary. Which means that it's time for another season of Once Upon a Time. I better re-listen to what I've already proposed so I can come up with new ideas. Same. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, we will be going back to the Enchanted Forest next week. But not... For your boot, you first. Bye. Bow, 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 bow.